Hey, Justin here. Just a quick heads up before you start listening to this podcast. In this podcast, we discuss different meanings of being triggered and how to approach being triggered. We don't mention any uh, specific details of any experience, but there are brief mentions of potential triggers, including sexual assault, racism, non-consensual behavior, and war. Hope you enjoy the podcast. It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! So let's describe the scene. <laughs> we need to describe the scene for our listeners. We are sitting at the bottom of a stairwell yeah. in my flat. Yeah. Um, with a, we're, one of us is on the stairs and Justin's on the stairs and I'm on a chair and there's a kind of, I don't even want you know what you call this, there's a cushion between us holding the mic. The mic is like wedged. Wedged in there and yeah, we're kind of in this cosy little space because... This is the second time we've recorded this podcast because yes. we were like in response to uh, some helpful feedback from listeners yeah. that uh, we could improve the sound quality. Mm-hmm. We are going to get some new mics, but we're we're going with these. We're re-recording uh, with this mic that we have. Um, we were doing really well. Nice, quiet, flat air conditioning in the middle of a heat wave. And then some. there was some banging from outside and there were a couple of people working on something outside banging and yelling at each other yeah so all of our you know trying not to be in a cafe trying to not be outside making sure we're somewhere where we can really have good sound quality forget about it so we're going to try again yes so this week we have a question mj from a reader slash listener yes might, might be both someone is into our stuff Yay! and they sent us a question which and is what we were hoping for they really liked our stuff they said it's wonderful yeah and they really like that you laugh a lot Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously that means that I'm really funny. So that's fine. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> I mean, you didn't give me a compliment, but I'm reading compliments. It's a compliment for us both, really, yeah, isn't I think it? So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it you is a wonderful to... thing to hear you laughing on the podcast. It's a great you need thing. to laugh more at my jokes, clearly. Uh, hey, I'm laughing all the time. It's just that, <laughs> you know. Maybe you'd have such a good laugh. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm just more of a Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no, <laughs> no, no. actually laughing. No, don't do that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll probably laugh. We're laughing now. We won't laugh yeah. during the question or the answer unless, you know, unless we go on a weird tangent. Weird tangent, which yeah. we often do. Yeah, I think the weird tangents are where we do the most laughing. Yeah, I like the weird tangents. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the in the version that we just did, that we I know that we can't actually to. share with you. We both did an excellent Fonz impression. It was really on a great. weird tangent. That was like a tangent on a tangent, and we got to the Fonz, and we did a really good impression, and now we can't share it with the world. Exactly because of the banging outside. Sorry about that. Right. If you can ask us a question where we'd have to do a Fonz impression, then I'm sure <laughs> yeah. we'll do that for future. Or just you know, write in <laughs> requesting the Fonz impression. Fine. No, you then need to try harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to write us a question which is so involved yeah. that me and Jay have to do <laughs> 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 or any member of Happy Days yeah. <laughs> really you I want to go do, through I all can, of them I can, <laughs> I can do a Ralph Mouth oh. I can do that <laughs> that's, that's hardcore to be able to do Ralph Mouth as well as the Fonz <laughs> Yeah, well, that's your challenge. And, you know, <laughs> okay. that's made us laugh. <laughs> Almost to the point of not being able to continue. <laughs> okay. So, um, but the question this week, uh, thank you for your question. It's really, really good. I'm, I'm going to kind of like summarise and give the general gist of it because it's quite detailed. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and we want to make sure that we were pulling out enough of interest here to everybody listening, not Absolutely. just the person asking the question. Yeah. Um, so it's somebody who's like, uh, it's like a middle-aged-ish woman uh, who um, has become interested in going to kink and sex parties, like a kink and sex community. Mm-hmm. And there are parties where people go and take part in workshops. And also there's like a play space where people can go and... Um, and have sex with each other or take part in kink with each other mm. um, and crucially they have a chill out area um, and everything's fine they've been going to these for ages and there was one time where they went along and they felt triggered yeah. by something they saw and it was somebody who was their their demographic we're kind of guessing their age demographic mm-hmm. and there was something about that which kind of set something off for them Yeah. and so they went off to the chill out space and they kind of calmed down and I think did some breathing and mm-hmm. <clears throat> sat with it um, and have been back to subsequent parties and that uh, couple have been there and it's all been fine there That's have been right. no further issues but the nub of the question was is this being triggered what is being triggered how do you deal with being triggered so mm. that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about that's right for the most part so um mj you've got some really interesting stuff to say because i've heard it twice now <laughs> uh, about yeah. uh triggering that's right and kind of what that means and if you can unpack that for us because it's quite a loaded term in it in and of itself it is moment, a loaded term yeah at the moment particularly the over the last couple of years there's been a lot of kind of intense discussion online about trigger warnings mm. like whether you should warn people about the fact that they might get triggered in a mm. certain situation um so yeah let's think about what the word means Mm. so um mostly um it's used in the context of trauma um so that's a very specific meaning of the word trigger Mm. which is really about post-traumatic stress disorder like Mm. somebody who's been in a war zone and then comes back home but they hear a bang and they think that that you know puts their body like right back into that war zone um and similarly with sexual assault which is something a lot of us have experienced at some point um again something that reminds us of that early experience earlier experience in our life of sexual assault could Mm. put us right back in as if we're experiencing it all over again so what it does is it puts our body back into that animal response of fight, flight or freeze mm-hmm. um, so that, you know that's when animals are attacked in the wild they'll mm-hmm. go into either fight mode you know or flight mm-hmm. try and run away or freeze and they'll go um, kind of paralysed and yeah. frozen um, and that's the specific so so you know somebody can certainly be triggered in any kind of sexual context mm. if if it does trigger something of you know a past experience of assault or maybe just of bullying or something like mm. that comes up for them because of a word someone uses mm-hmm. or a song that comes on the radio mm. um however a lot of people use triggering in a much broader sense than that um so to mean kind of anything that puts us into that reactive mm. type of place so it might not be that full-on reaction where we're literally frozen or, or or, you know literally feel like we're fighting for our lives but mm. we're certainly in our body it's gone into this very anxious place or this very angry and defensive place mm. um, or quite a stuck and frozen place mm. and again we can learn in our bodies what that feels like for us mm. um, often happens in conflicts mm-hmm. in relationships mm. um, that you, you know you've, you've gone into that place when you're just getting really yeah. het up um, 
and yeah, simile here. So um, Pema Chodron, the Buddhist author, is really good on this. Um, that kind of understanding of triggered as something that happens to everybody, mm. and that's actually telling us something really useful mm. um, about our propensities. Is the way she says it. Mm. So if we feel that that feeling happening, like we, we're in a conversation, suddenly we start to feel kind of defensive, um, and and like you know, it's, it's it's reminding us of maybe something that we feel shame about that mm. would be worth us looking at mm. and trying to understand better so mm. we can almost like dissolve our propensities through the experience of being triggered and learning yeah. what they are i guess it's uh, it can be a really unpleasant feeling i guess to be in that space but it, it's yeah. not necessarily something that um i guess what pem is saying and i think mm. um uh what might be useful a useful way of looking at it is not to judge it as either being good or bad but just some information about yeah useful information really useful information and certainly if you're playing with with kink and you know kind of using sex to explore mm. stuff in your life then it's likely to happen sometimes yeah um you know especially if you're doing the more edgy stuff that is kind of often close to things that are shaming mm. or angering or frightening um so so one thing is about sort of thinking to yourself like is this have i gone into this full-blown kind of trauma response is it pointing to maybe i do actually have mm. something that might be in the realm of ptsd mm. in which case there's some really good trauma therapists out mm-hmm. there using really good kind of body somatic kind of methods to help with trauma so i'd get to one of those if you if you can access it mm. um if it feels a more everyday kind of you know and again it's not really a binary it's more of a spectrum but yeah, yeah then it may be something that just working through on your own or with supportive people can can be good enough yeah and you can't really work with it unless it's something you notice and that's the first step isn't it yeah. just really noticing that this is a thing that's happened well that's right and often people will kind of dissociate under those circumstances you know they'll kind of go off you know or really just distract themselves mm. and not really notice you mm. know because it's quite scary so yeah the, the fact that um, the person who wrote in has kind of noticed it and realized what was going on is a great yeah that's great step. yeah um i mean i guess people might need to almost kind of work backwards and think well you know do i feel any kind of symptoms of something mm. that it that, that something is i'm finding something difficult sometimes people may find it actually difficult to do the noticing so yeah. by because it's off i think during sex and kink it's so hard just to tune into your own body because of all the messages we're getting mm. around how to do it properly and what it is that we should be doing sometimes we can be completely dis- disassociated with well yeah our own experience and this is where consent it really relates to it because yeah. you know uh, i think it's important if you're playing with somebody having sex with someone to try and get a sense from them about how it will be for them for them mm. if they do if they do get triggered yes yeah. you know what does their body tend to do do they tend to kind of freeze yeah you know it might be that recognizing yeah a moment when that person stopped kind of giving you any information back mm-hmm. is a time to absolutely stop yeah and check out whether they're in that kind of zone yeah um but for other people it might be that they get very anxious at that point mm-hmm. or even quite fight you know in that more fight and angry kind of mode yeah yeah so i guess we can help that with the help other people to kind of do that too right yeah yeah ideally i think yeah getting a sense of what it's like for them you know and again in our sex manual zine on our website i think we have some stuff about red flags yeah people deciding you know people saying to somebody else like these are my red flags i know that i'm likely to get triggered under these circumstances the thing is uh, the thing is that triggers can come like in this example triggers can come from nowhere right we have no idea that you know this person's been going to these parties everything's been chill yeah and then suddenly woof yeah 
Um, and so sometimes we may have no idea that it's that where it's even coming that's from. That's often how it is, yeah. you know, and it's often this early, much earlier kind of shame or fear that's mm. kind of got locked in our bodies in a way in earlier times in our life that mm. it's kind of, you know, it's, it's being released in those circumstances. Mm. Mm. So I guess that's something that the first step is just kind of noticing, but I guess we were, mm. we this is in the context of uh, the more broader context uh, there's more broader context here because these were happening within uh, like parties, play parties, sex parties, king yeah. parties, and um, so just to explain to the listener, I guess not all of our listeners slash readers go to sex parties. Mm-hmm. It's probably not something most of you are into, but I don't know. I've not read the stats. <laughs> we, no, we don't know how many people no. are in sex parties, but yeah, call ourselves eminent sexologists. Yes, <laughs> we only do that ironically. <laughs> <laughs> that inverted <laughs> Yeah, um, so it might be something you're into or not, but absolutely all of these things can happen in the context of sex between two people or even solo sex. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, within the context of uh, sex parties, though, mm. I mean, they're often quite exciting places to go to, whether mm. they're kind of uh, public or semi-public or private spaces. And, mm. you know, people often uh, get really keyed up going. There might be a costume or an outfit, and often there's kind of entertainment or workshops or something. It's kind yeah. of like an event. Yeah. So often that makes these quite... Um, difficult places to go to um, generally around um, this kind of stuff and particularly around consent and mm. being able to kind of slow down and pay attention to everything it can be, those events can be quite hyped well I yeah think. I feel like I want to delineate in a way three kinds of triggers that can happen in those events and mm. maybe it's not quite that clear cut but one kind of trigger would be if somebody is non-consensual in some way towards yep. you or does something non-consensual like a scene that's, that's quite likely to be triggering without warning people that it's going to be a piercing scene or yeah. You know, involve you know pretty full on kind of interrogation or something mm-hmm. so a non-consensual moment can trigger someone and then of course the onus is on the person who did the non-consensual thing mm-hmm. not the person who got triggered mm-hmm. you know um, and the and the the uh, party organisers or club organisers ought to be dealing with that person yeah. and you know trying to look after the person who's been mm-hmm. triggered but it should be about putting in place you know some kind of strategy they have for dealing with non-consensual behaviour mm-hmm. the second thing is those kind of events can be really triggering in terms of um, sometimes people just haven't thought through things like I mean certainly there have been a lot of situations where the costumes people have been encouraged to mm. wear or the themes of a certain night have actually been kind of you know they've been racist or sexist or yeah. um, in some way have been really quite offensive mm. um, and that's been triggering for yeah. people Um and or, you know, just that the kind of culture where certain groups of people are much more um, represented in, yeah. the, in the club. So they tend, you know, in general, if, in the more mainstream clubs and parties do tend to be very white, middle mm. class, much younger people going. Mm. Um, there's a lack of access around disability often yeah. or just a disabled person going won't, won't see other people like themselves. Mm-hmm. And there might be body shaming or at least a sense that you have to be a certain kind of body yeah. in order to fit in and there might have been some of that going on for our listener right I mean yeah. they were saying that they were triggered and that they I mean they mentioned that it was somebody who was not in their demographic and it could be that he was, yeah he was he was an, it was older people like themselves or middle aged people yeah yeah I think it was kind of inferred that it was mm. a similar demographic to yeah them. we're not quite exactly. sure in which way yeah um, so but, yeah. you know, if if it's yeah, if you're going to an event and you suddenly see people engaging in sex, there are much more similar to you than everybody else, and that yeah. in, its, in and of itself can be 
triggering or so again yeah so again triggers so in those two situations of non-consensual or triggering because of lack of inclusion Mm. you know again the onus is really on the wider social group and on the you know the people who've made those choices rather than on the person who's been triggered yes so and i think that's the same with some of this debate around trigger warning that often it's margin like people from marginalized groups Mm. and oppressed groups who are saying i want to be warned if this you know the material we're going to cover is going to have you know explicit racism in it Mm. or if it's going to have um uh, a sort of sexual assault in it because i'm a survivor and you know that's really where it's coming from is Mm. a desire to kind of make sure that you know because we live in a structurally oppressive society Mm -hmm. where some people are much more likely to have been through trauma that there's a recognition of that rather than just assuming oh everybody can cope with this material and if you can't then it's something about being a special snowflake or you know whatever yeah also there's nothing kind of cool about toughening up even for folk who um have all the privilege they may have experienced uh uh some bullying or some shaming Mm. themselves but there's no like there are no special prizes for you because you're managed, you, you managed to be able to tough it out and deal Yeah, with exactly. That's not actually a great way to deal with things no. at all, to try and just like armour up and tough it out, yeah. Exactly. And mm. maybe also it's the fact that you have so much privilege that you're able to deal with all the stuff. Well, that that's you... the thing. It's often people from a much more privileged situation saying, oh, we shouldn't have to need trigger warnings. But, yeah. you know, if they'd been through the stuff that the people who want the trigger warnings you know yeah. had been through them they might well feel differently yeah um so yeah i think we're just trying to we're just trying to say that it's not just an individual thing mm. about that individual needing to look at it but actually it might be that it is a more structural thing mm. and in this particular situation it might be something about what how young those clubs are and that mm. they're not maybe as inclusive as they might be towards an age range yeah so for so actually seeing somebody of a of a of an older age group mm-hmm. playing is is somehow you know bringing something up for yep. somebody in a way that it wouldn't if it had a much more diverse group of people going absolutely so as well as this being important information for you as an individual and mm. maybe for the for people around you if you're if you're having sex with other people or kink with other people then it's also important information for the organization for the community yeah yeah so i really if they uh, um sounds like these organizers are pretty good but mm. in the rest of the email it sounds like they're w- pretty up on quite a lot of stuff but you know if there's a way for these organizers to be able to take information from everybody after a party like to have like a Mm. some kind of anonymous um like content box on their website where where you can just have if anything happened that made you feel uncomfortable or triggered or something you just want to feed back to us that you feel like we might get better at then drop us a line here yeah um and it's like it's important information for everyone to just be aware of that kind of stuff and although it might be really difficult to create like the perfect and there's no such thing as a safe space but we can create safer spaces and more inclusive spaces yeah yeah Mm -hmm. super important stuff Mm. but kind of broadening us away from sex parties for those uh, readers and listeners who uh, may have sex in their homes or may <laughs> take part in kink in the homes or in well, other places on the stairwell <laughs> on the stairwell <laughs> um, yeah yeah the stairwell would work for that I think yeah it's got stairs it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so um, we kind of want to talk about you know that you know people can get triggered not just in sex parties in uh, in situations that might be quite mm. intense already you're quite uh um doing a doing a quite thingy this is a body language going on body language I can't interpret it. quite you know like sex parties are like free, constant frisson isn't it oh there's more frisson yeah yeah 
Um, but we, you know, people can be triggered in their homes. Or oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything. Yeah. yeah. So what can we learn about the kind of um, the advice we've been given so far? And that is mm. like... Um, this uh, at this party that had a chill out space it's really important to be able to have some kind of chill out space within the home or wherever we're yeah, having like sex maybe like again this is a kind of thing you can think about beforehand as a more preventative yeah. measure or you know not preventative because it, it you know it is going to happen sometimes mm. but to have a plan you know yeah. an agreement between you of like if somebody if something happens that feels really hard for somebody mm-hmm. during the encounter mm-hmm. like what are we going to do at that point you know how are we going to signal it for a yeah. start that somebody's gone to that place yeah or how's the other person going to pick up on it yeah and as we were talking about before and then yeah like you know again if people are actually doing kink then they may even have a specific room of like Mm -hmm. we could go into into that room or that space for just you know coming back down from that that reactive place and then having a bit of a chat before we decide if we're going to carry on or if we're going to stop yeah i think there's like a sense of um like just trying to find a way of immediately de-intensifying a situation like taking the the sex or the the, the kink dynamic out of it yeah yeah if you were in this if you were in particular headspace that yeah. would be a good time to just be okay we're not in that headspace now we stopped doing dominant submission yeah now we're just in um a kind of calmer headspace and it's about you know really people have different needs in that moment so yeah. it's about that person figuring out what their needs are like yeah. often bodily things are helpful mm-hmm. touching the body you know the person putting their hand on their chest or mm-hmm. focusing on their breathing maybe walking slowly mm-hmm. maybe stretching mm-hmm. in a you know child's pose from yoga or something mm-hmm. it's like finding out for you what what is the thing that kind of grounds you yeah. back and certainly drinking some water and maybe having something sweet if you've had a bit of a sugar crash these mm-hmm. these things are useful too Mm -hmm. at that moment and really just trying to figure out be your own expert about what can just bring you back to a state of equilibrium yeah but also and i guess not even having to rush it but just to be aware of it and to slow down and notice it and helping and and maybe again in advance you could be able to tell the other person what helps and hinders you in that situation so like some people really like to be touched some Mm. people really don't yeah some people really want to be on their own Mm. some people really need the other person to stay around so they don't feel rejected um it might be that being read to is helpful Mm -hmm. or being held is helpful If you're the other person in that um, situation as well, it's important to remember that triggers mean maybe really most often just often just come from nowhere. Yeah. So um, it's maybe nothing that you could have prevented in that moment. Well, exactly. You know, so that's the time to unpack all of that is definitely after. Yeah. But in that moment, yeah, remembering that it could well be that a certain, just a certain sensation or a certain word was the thing, yeah. and it wasn't something that you could have predicted. So, but this is stuff that you have to sit with as well, as well, yeah. right? It's not now. Is not the time for you to go into the other person saying what is it that I've done or yeah. what I feel terrible or you such can get such. into a whole like trigger party where that you're triggered by them being triggered and yeah. Just, yeah yeah, so, you know, for that person to, you know, something that helps them just ground themselves and be able to look after yeah. the person who really needs it in that moment. And obviously in that moment where that can be quite an intense moment, um, it might be really difficult to do that, but it would be really helpful to you if you can yeah. flag us up in advance, right? And yeah. say, you know, just so you know, if I'm, if I, sometimes I might just need some space, mm. just you know and I would need this and I would need this and you know the other person could say the same thing yeah and this is where 
our zines that we talked about, the uh, mm. Make Your Own Sex Manual yeah. zine. Um, and Make Your really Own Relationship useful. User Guide has a bit of that in as well, because yeah. it happens in other aspects of relationships too. Totally. And I've really noticed that as I've been more honest about these things at the start in relationships, mm. that it's been much less of a big deal, you know, like having partners say, oh, you know, then it's happened. And partners have said, well, yeah, you told me that that would happen sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, so that was fine. Yeah. They felt less, you know, they felt less of that massive anxiety of they might be to blame or something because they knew it was a thing that might come up i mean i've found this so helpful as well uh, personally and just talking about the process more is so yeah. helpful but also talking about how to communicate the meta communication is so important yeah. here as well yeah um as well as the um green amber and red flag stuff about what's you know the stuff that's mm. might be problematic and stuff that's definite no-go area it's really useful stuff to kind of think about and mm. we talked about this on other podcasts it's not not romantic or doesn't ruin mm. the mood or doesn't no. you know to do this it's like it's super important and, and this is like um this is real stuff that happens that yeah. people just kind of don't address and if you address it it can can be really helpful, really helpful. and re- and also increase the intimacy mm. you know in the relationship to be yeah. able to be vulnerable with somebody else like that yeah um, yeah. but I guess it's the important uh, and in your staying with feelings zine available at rewritingtherules.com yes. uh, there's really good stuff here about um, just trying to stay with your immediate feeling and not try to and not put a load of other feelings on yeah top of that, that's right? right I mean I think for, for this sort of more traumatic response like being triggered it's about first of all grounding mm. and then when you feel back there yeah. you know or maybe on a separate occasion later then it's about kind of just going back into the feeling Mm. maybe writing about it maybe just feeling you know reminding yourself what it felt like in your body Mm. and that might help to give you a bit of more information about oh what memory does this relate to Mm. you know and that can be really important part of that kind of for want of a better word a kind of healing process Mm. of like if you can if you can take yourself back to it in a safe enough way Mm. then you you know it kind of helps you to greater understanding and kindness to yourself when those things happen yeah Mm. if you can do that from I guess from a curious and gentle place rather than a kind of looking for blame or looking for for the thing and looking for a way to beat yourself up or or trying to fix it desperately Yeah. yeah much more curious and again if it feels like whoa this is too much for me on my own lots of therapists who are trained yeah. in this stuff yeah. yeah uh cool i think that's just about covered just it, about hopefully. Covered it. yeah yeah we've not plugged our book no it's a good book yeah what's it called enjoy sex how when and if you want to <laughs> yes a practical and inclusive guide <laughs> available published. from all good bookshops yeah uh you can actually go and get them in a foils foils in birmingham new street station which is very exciting yes it is uh, you can go so you told me through it, MJ. Okay, go. well, what happened to me is I got off the train yeah. and I saw there was a foils and I went in and looked for our book because that's what I kind of do in bookshops now. That's really embarrassing, but that's what I do. I go in and look for our book and it was there. It was so exciting. It feels like if, it's in a, if you're in a foils, there's a good chance it's there. Exactly. I don't think it's in... I've been to a Waterstones and it wasn't there. Mm, a load of sex to, advice books there. Waterstones need to get on it. Yeah. And I've been in WH Smith and it wasn't there as well. Yeah. yeah. But you can buy a book online from all of those places yes. I believe WH Smith still has a sale ah. um, if you buy it from Amazon please review it yeah it would be great it. I've started leaving a lot of Amazon reviews for other people's books yep. so you know yeah it's a kind of quick Paying pro quo yeah, yeah that's right I like that yeah um and uh, so it's available at all those places you can see read more details about it at our website makejohnandjustin.com 
uh, where you can also see our other publications. We have three zines now, uh, which we've mentioned, as well as the fantasy zine, as well as our sex zine and our relationship zine. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to subscribe and listen to all the other ones, uh, you can either just search for us in your podcast app, uh, Meg John Justin, or go to soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. If you have a comment about this uh, uh, episode uh, and you want to, uh, um, you can tell us about it, uh, your comment. <laughs> wow, that was, oh, that was beautiful. It was so much smoother. Really. Uh, smooth. <laughs> oh, I'm smooth. I'm smooth AF. Um, so Twitter, you can Twitter. You go to the Twitters. You can Twitter us on the Twitters. Uh, at Meg John Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to facebook.com forward slash Meg John Justin and send us your that's, questions that's it. yeah do send us your questions I'm really looking forward to this question where we have to do a <laughs> the Bond's impression question yeah there's your challenge <laughs> yep should and you on, choose to accept it absolutely. no one is going to choose to accept that <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> uh, so that's about it until next time bye bye